We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When we were, when I decided that I wanted to do talk about handcuffing, because I think it, it, handcuffing is an important thing, whether you do it or you don't do it. I actually strategically picked you, Geek, to do this podcast with me because I know you and I see this uh, a little, well, very differently. You know, there's t- there's parts we agree on, there's parts we disagree on, but you were the right guy because you're going to bring an alternative viewpoint. And if I'm just spewing what I think is the right way to do it, I want. I want the listeners to have another perspective on it. So I'm, I'm glad you're here, Geek. It's good to always podcast with you. My Love friend. it. And listen, there's two there's two schools of thought. And, and we'll explain like what yours is and what mine is and, and slightly different and, and different for different occasions. But when, when we're talking about handcuffing, the, the two schools of thought, one says handcuff the players that are on your team. It creates a team that is protected from injuries. Right. So. I grab the handcuffs. I I focus on drafting running backs that are easily cuffed. That is even more important to me than than some other aspects of my my starting running back. I just want to make sure whoever I'm taking that I've got a solid handcuff so my running back position is covered. Yeah. So for those of you who have been living under a rock or are new to fantasy football, I'm not kind of goofing on you, but handcuffing is an old school term. Some don't like to use it anymore. And I understand why, but it, there's until someone comes up with a better way to describe handcuffing, it's basically means you draft uh, traditionally star running backs go in the first couple rounds of fantasy drafts. Usually by the end of round two, there's not much left, maybe the beginning of round three and handcuffing is drafting their direct backup. So if it's an insurance policy, if you're, you know, running backs are win you leagues, but they also get hurt the most often. And if you, draft their backup uh you have the you know at least 80 percent of the production maybe a little less and that's what i was going to say so let me just go over the four key points of handcuffing and then we're going to count down our top 10 list of who we think the best handcuffs are but this is going to set the stage a little bit so and i'll, I'll zip by this quick geek um first and foremost is, is that player the actual handcuff you know like there's certain players where we think they might be the handcuff, but when that star running back, that 1A running back goes down, it's like, oh, they're doing a committee or, oh, they're doing, you know, it's not the guy who we thought. So we need to know, identify who the clear handcuff is. Number two is the quality of the player himself, right? So we know which, we think we have an idea of which backups are actually good and which ones are just kind of thrown into the mix. And that should also weigh partially on how you rank these guys. 
because we know. Uh, and then number three is the cost, the ADP. How high do you have to pay for the backup? So that should factor into our top 10 as well. And the last part is can you store that handcuff in your lineup when the bye weeks get tough, right? So it's great to draft, you know, and we'll talk about Alexander Madison, but if if Dalvin Cook is healthy through five weeks and all of a sudden the buys hit, a lot of times I've seen him hit the waiver wire, whereas someone like Kareem Hunt, you could store in your lineup. So are we on? Are we starting? Those four points are fair to form our, our rankings? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Um, I, I'm, I'm least concerned about the last one, which is do they have that flex value? Always mm. good. Um, it's a factor. It's a factor. It's, it's definitely a factor. But yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Sometimes we're wrong. Like we don't know. We want to know for sure. This is the handcuff. You, what you don't want is a situation where we think, and I'll throw one of the names out, like a JD McKissick is the real. We're like, oh, he's the he's the handcuff. And then Gibson goes down, and no, it's oh, JD's playing the same role. They brought in Brian Robinson. He's taking that role. Yeah. So we're like, oops. You, if you're gonna spend your roster spot your bench spot on a hand, he better be the real handcuff. So the best guys are the ones that we've, we've seen when, when the injury happens, the, the backup comes in and gets the full workload. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to count down the top 10 handcuffs. I rank them and you could, you know, I want to get your analysis on these guys and you could say, yeah, I would have this guy around there or I would have him higher or lower. That's fine. And at the end, if there's no one that we, if there's a player that we didn't cover that you like, you could just add them in as honorable mentions. And okay. So I, I have the number 10 handcuff right now. Backup running back is Michael Carter. Uh, Michael Carter is, you know, a fourth round running back from last year. Brees Hall was drafted in the second round. You know, I don't I've been on record on this podcast as saying that I would bet Michael Carter actually <laughs> may out touch Brees Hall in September. Michael Carter is like a ninth round pick. Um, go ahead. Is Michael Carter certainly in the mix for one of the best backups handcuffs in fantasy football this year? Yeah, Michael Carter also falls in the category of somebody who might have flex appeal on a week over week basis as well. And yeah, I mean, he, he's the perfect choice. You can get him very, very late in the draft. He's backing up Brees Hall. Okay, Brees Hall looks great, whatever. But I don't think it's going to be a 60. I don't think it's an 80-20 split even when Hall is in the game. And if Hall comes out, the, the Jets don't have anybody else on the team. So he would be kind of like a an RB1 for your team if uh, one injury away. Love it. Yep. But I, I think more than one injury away. Like I, I agree. Yes. One injury away. He's back. I mean, he's back into being fifth round, fourth round value, but it's more about what do we know about rookie running backs? They have to prove they can pass block before they can get on the field. I mean, week one, Michael Carter might have 14 touches. Brees Hall might have eight. Then it's got the flex appeal. That's this is one of those plays where, yeah, you're going to play. If it's a deep enough league, that's the perfect scenario because yeah, he's going to start on your team even in weeks when Brees Hall is playing. I, I do think event said I do think Hall is the starter and he's going to be the guy, but I think your argument is more of a, a, a reasonably good argument against drafting Hall where he's going because he's probably going a little higher than he should. I mean, you're drafting Hall based on his upside, that if it hits in the fourth round, it's not unfair, right? I mean, a lot of times we see the first rookie running back come off the board in round two, and if Brees Hall busts a long run in the preseason, that's exactly where he's going. All right, let's move on a little bit. I, I like that call. I think we're in agreement there that Michael Carter is, is certainly worth one of the top 10 uh, handcuffs. You can get him in the ninth round. Uh, Melvin Gordon is number nine on my list. I'll let you go first. 
Yeah, I mean, again, what are we looking for? We're looking for guys, and and I, I like that you've brought up these two guys because they both have flex appeal. We're looking for guys that if if the starter goes down, will basically be an RB one. Melvin Gordon, if Javante Williams goes down, Melvin Gordon will be your RB one. He'll he'll be a guy that will produce as well as any elite stud running back that you can name. You're going to be just as happy playing him as Leonard Fournette as you are Fournette or any of those type of guys in those games where he's starting. I love Gordon. And as you mentioned, Gordon is really a true 50-50 split. I think it'll be more 60-40 this season, but absolute startable running back in your flex in a deeper league every single week. He's the perfect backup. And you can get him kind of late. People still... He's still got a little stank on the 10th round, man. Eighth to 10th yeah. round. Nobody wants him. And Javante is actually starting to fall a little bit. I mean, when draft season started before Melvin Gordon was signed, he was going in the top five overall. Then he fell to like the mid second round. And now I'm starting to see him dip once or twice into the third round, which is where you want to take he him. Will, I, I'm, he will continue to drop one of the, th- one of the phenomenon that, that you we've, we've observed. And it happens all the time. We start talking about a player, a situation changed, but Players who are drafting now, and, and if you're hardcore, you're drafting best balls now, right? Um, players that are drafting, they're watching ADP, and it's almost like it pulls them. So it has to, it's like it, it, it slowly catches up. Javante Williams is going way higher than he should. We saw what he did in a split last season. It's not that great. I like the offense of that team a little bit better. But Javante Williams 2022 is exactly the same or almost exactly the same as Javante Williams 2021. So that, again, don't love him. Love Melvin Gordon 10 yeah, rounds so, later. So we're in agreement, though, that Melvin Gordon deserves a top 10 handcuff Absolutely. ranking. Absolutely. He's a great okay. one. All right. I'm here with the Fantasy Football Geek from DFS Army and, of course, the Sharp app. And today we are talking about we're counting down the top 10 handcuff running backs for 2022. Uh, we started with Michael Carter, where it hit Melvin Gordon. I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Dynasty Owner. Do you love fantasy sports? Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You will have complete control over your team's future. You can build through the draft, make trades. Sign free agents and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at dynastyowner.com and start building your dynasty today. All right, Geek, number eight on our top 10 handcuff. Uh, you know what? I have Isaiah Spiller there. Let's talk about him. Isaiah Spiller, I, I'm, you know, rookie backup, but the team is great. Um, there's a little Hasn't bit of risk. Hasn't won the there. job yet, though. Has not won the well, job. Well, that's yet. that. There's a little bit of risk there. Um, you know, there are other names on that team. Uh, Roundtree. So I think Josh Kelly's still there. Yep. No, so Justin Jackson. No Justin, Justin Jackson has hasn't not been, been re-signed. It looks like, listen, I think, I think Isaiah Spiller is the Justin Jackson replacement. Jackson has had those, those injury problems for a backup. You can't be hurt all the time. If you're a backup says you got one job, be here to back up the man. And if yeah. you're always hurt, you ain't, you ain't working. This is not working. You don't even start, bro. Yeah, well, this is what I like about uh, Isaiah Spiller is that he was, you know, RB1, RB2, pre-draft rookie. Then he had, you know, terrible combine with lack of participation, perceived injury. Uh, but he was productive in college, gets drafted to the right team. Austin Eckler asked the team to get some relief 
which means that they were not happy with the running backs they had on the roster. Isaiah Spiller, only 20 years old, so that's why I like him a little bit more than the, the market in Dynasty. I've seen Isaiah Spiller actually get pushed up to the beginning of the second round. I know there's a lot of, you know, I think exper- that's, yeah, speculative. I think that's yeah. uh, speculative. I, I agree. You wouldn't want to take him over like someone like a Jahan Dotson or anyone like that. But um, but in redraft, I think he's one of the best uh, handcuffs. Be- uh, first of all, you don't have to pay a premium pick for him. You're, now you're talking double-digit rounds again. And he ha- even if Austin Eckler is healthy, you have double-digit touchdown upside. If they're going to use him in the red zone, that's why I like drafting him because – it's again, there's a lot of risk there, but he's deserving of one of the top 10 handcuff spots. You could easily see a situation where he has like 700 yards for the season, 650 yards, but like nine touchdowns. Yeah. He it's, it's going to be an injury away. And and again, this has been a a feature of some of the names that you've brought up so far. I think Isaiah Spiller will have standalone value. He can, you can play him in the flex um, anyway, because the aforementioned, the aforementioned Austin Eckler, has requested relief. This is the guy they brought in to do it. I think he's more speculative, like I said, than these other names we know for sure are locked down in the backup role, but the upside is larger. And Austin (laughs) Eckler, you know, you and I, there's a debate on, on if Austin Eckler is or isn't injury prone. We could have like a, I don't even want to bring up the discussion. You got hurt here. You got there. Well, he hasn't really missed a lot of games uh, over the last you know few years. It's that he had a very unusually high rushing touchdown output last year. I think previous to that is his rushing touchdowns, not his passing touchdowns, were like three. Well, and- well he had a bad year. We'll regress a little bit for sure there. Yeah, you put I, Isaiah Spiller's perfectly fine. You, you know, this is a spot where I want to make the argument of why you need to. Your bench in, in your redraft league needs to be filled up with guys like this. If you want to win redraft, this is how you win it. Okay, think to last season and the season before and the season before. These are little lotto tickets, right? Assign a 20% probability that a starting running back gets hurt. By the way, the probability is higher than that. But let's say you sign a 20% probability that any perceived starting running back is going to get hurt. If you have five of these backups... And and the and the probability is higher than twenty percent. But if you have five, then you're now in a scenario where one of your backup running backs is going to like emerge as a starting elite kind of stud or or a, an RB one level starter that you picked up in the eleventh round. That's how you win your. That's how you win your league. Get two of those guys starting on your team that you picked up in those late rounds. You it's almost impossible to do that with wide receivers. They don't elevate based off an injury the way that running backs do. So. If you're trying to win your league, I just took this guy to to bring this point out. This is how you do it. Load your bench up with one hit away running backs like the ones we're talking about today. So I'm using my uh, I used my spiller time for that. Yeah. And, you know, well, this is actually brings up another interesting point because you and I see differently on this part where you like to cuff the running backs that you've drafted. So, for example, if you draft Austin Eckler, pick seven. You're going to be looking to get Isaiah Spiller, where as I, we've talked about this offline, try to get other people's handcuffs. And the reason is that let's say, for example, I draft, um, you know, let's use, let's use those guys. I take Eckler. I'm going to try to maybe grab Tony Pollard. So if his, if Zeke gets hurt, now I have two running backs. I'm not only, I'm not clogging up two roster spots with one upside. My upside now is split into two. So if I have Eckler, he stays healthy. And then I have 
Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook goes down, now I have two starting running backs. So that's my philosophy. I actually try to draft other people's running backs, given that in a typical league, you have about five or six bench spots. Obviously, in a dynasty league, which we talk a lot about on this podcast, yeah, when good. you have 20 bench spots, you want your one to one backup, you have all the room. So, no, see, I, I disagree with your approach. I don't mind taking other people's handcuffs as well, but you got to handcuff your own guys. Critical because the whole point uh, to me, season long, especially when you're in a regular league. And again, you can differentiate this approach for giant tournaments. Um, when we're talking about the NFFC, right? Or uh, best ball tournaments, not leagues, tournaments. If I'm going up against a hundred other teams, a thousand other teams, then I need that that extra little bit of upside actually does help. And that approach uh, mathematically. Is so a, you're is saying so you're saying that in a where it's a top heavy prize, and it's not just six teams trying to make the uh, trying to make the playoffs, yeah. that you're going to now proactively take other people's handcuffs. But in a traditional season long league where you have five bench spots, you're more comfortable taking the one to one backup. That's right. You, and you don't need as much upside going up against twelve. You need the upside going up against 12,000 people. Now, basically, if my Christian McCaffrey goes down, I'm out anyway. Donta Foreman is not leading my my NFFC team to a championship when I lost my first round and my third round pick, right? So you can throw that team away in a tournament. It doesn't matter. But if I'm trying to win a league, I could still win that league when my running back because I just draft smarter than the other 11 people in my league. So it's a different approach based on how many opponents we have. Yeah. And not to belabor the point, but again, it's like with five bench spots, I don't want to tie up two spots with insurance. I like a little bit having a little more upside. Having them. We will always disagree. I yeah, want, and which is fine. There. There's two different, two yeah. different uh, ways to, to do it. Uh, you know, you got to pick the approach that you're comfortable with experiment, you know, different leagues. Although, Most people well, now, I, I will throw out that these names that you've mentioned so far, and we want to keep hammering through, I'm sure mm-hmm. um, people don't like to hear us yap yaps, but no, with the good name analysis, you mentioned yeah. so far, they're all, functional flex plays yeah so those even more so could be backing up their own player because they're functional flex plays anyway like hey i I could just in a deep enough league i'm just playing michael carter it's not like some garbage on my bench that i have to um just sit there on the bench and wait yeah we had and and that was a question that we got from from the chat which underlines the point you were just talking about uh sean had asked about what if it's a a larger league a 16 team league yeah anyone and that goes back to the point we said in the very beginning of the podcast is that if if you can store these handcuffs, air quote handcuffs, in your lineup, that adds to their value, and that's why we would rank these guys with more value versus you know even though we're we're gonna we haven't gotten there yet, but we're gonna get to Alexander Madison, who's probably high up on this list. I, I you could argue that he should be lower because you you know you're he's just sitting there, and when bye weeks hit. And if you have, you might have to cut him. So you've wasted a, you know, a 10th and ninth round pick on, on a player like that, that has no value until disaster strikes. So th- there is a balance there. So let's just review for everyone that uh, right now we're counting on the top 10 handcuffs for f- uh, fantasy football in 2022. Number 10 was Michael Carter. Number nine was Isaiah Spiller, the rookie running back on the chargers. And I think that's all we've got. Oh, no. And Melvin Gordon, we said, was uh, sorry. Mike <laughs> Carter was 10. Gordon was nine. Spiller was eight. Something like that, right? No particular order. <laughs> okay. The next guy that I have on our list is Khalil Herbert, the second year running back on the Chicago Bears. I mean, this guy, 
clarify is the definition of a handcuff where you, you love that when Montgomery went down last season, Khalil got the full workload and that's everything that we want. You want to make sure that the player is going to be, you know, if I'm wasting a bench spot on you, then when your opportunity arises, you need to pay off for me. Yeah. And we know that Khalil Herbert will because we've seen him do it. They he, gave him the full workload last season, three downs, 30 touches, you know, the whole the whole deal. So he, he, he falls more into the Alexander Madison category than he does into the stash in your lineup category. And even when Khalil Herbert last year saved your season as a as a bridge running back, I mean, he performed as a top 14, 12 running back those couple weeks that Montgomery was out. We thought for sure there was a there was a consensus feeling that he earned more of the touches and that didn't happen. So nope. we're going into this season and everything can change. We all know that. But we're going into this season assuming that Khalil Herbert is an Alexander Madison type. So that's why I have him a little bit lower on the list. I would almost maybe swap him and Carter now that I'm rethinking about it. I have, you know, I have Carter as a stashable in your lineup player because like, you know, I'll, I'll repeat it again. Just so everyone hears is that if week five hits and Montgomery still standing and the bye weeks are, you know, the crushing bye weeks happen, you're probably going to have to drop Khalil Herbert. So it, that's, again, that's what's the advantage. That's where you and I differ is that, you know, these Michael Carter types you could hold. So still, I don't need to hold him still for every week that he's on my bench. I'm giving myself a dice roll chance mm. that that was the week that his your your bench and I'm just philosophically for the roto wire community out there you are watching you want to win your leagues you should always be thinking about even if you have to drop some of these names the next week the your bench should be filled with these types of players always yeah drop I mean, some hey maybe you'll get him back maybe you won't but who's this wide receiver that you're stashing that's going to emerge. It's not going to happen. It's the running back that can save your team. So I, I'm going to give you one of my tricks. Back in the day, when you used to have to stash, you used to have to have kickers on your team and defenses. Remember that? Oh, old school fantasy football, right? Don't play with kickers anymore, guys. Come on. So when you're going to you're going to trigger people, there's a lot of I know. I don't care. I don't care. I say it. I don't care. Don't play with kickers. Enough. So. Uh, I'm I'm the Urban Meyer of fantasy football. Like, hey, who's the what? Hey, kicker, kick him in the butt, right? So, no kickers. Refuse to learn their names. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the Urban Meyer, and what a horrible. Go ahead, go ahead, get to your. All right, anyway, all right. So, what I used to do is I would leave the kicker off the team. I wouldn't even have one. I wouldn't have a kicker. I, like I had an extra spot on my bench, and I would hold a backup running back in that spot up until the season starts. So that three week period after you draft your team, but until the actual season begins, I wouldn't even bother with a kick. Yeah. No I like kicker that on my team. Yahoo used to back. allow you to do that. Yahoo what? software. Other softwares didn't allow you to do yeah, that. But the, the Yahoo, Yahoo software, right back yeah. to that. Again, I don't play with kickers anymore, but I used to hold one because, Hey, you never know one hit away. Every single game, every preseason game, every game, it's a lotto ticket that one of these running backs is going to get hurt. This is it happens like 10% of the time. The frequency of injury is higher than our brain wants to allow us to believe. So always be holding these guys on your bench. All right. We're continuing on with the number. That's a good point. I like all that. I, I think that, you know, even in that, you know, the 
period of waivers. Waivers runs on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And then there's those three or four days where a lot of stuff happens. I mean, last a couple of years ago, it was COVID. I mean, there's injuries that happen. So those are times that you could, you know, that you can get the Khalil Herberts where it's not even clear. Sometimes you won't even hear about a Montgomery injury until midweek. All right. The next guy I have on our list at number six uh, is AJ Dillon. Now, AJ Dillon Again, you're gonna have to spend a premium pick on him. That's why he's this low. Yeah, as he, a handcuff. He, I mean, he's a standalone player. He, so let me he just has there's an opportunity cost to Dylan above just holding the bench spot. And the opportunity cost is you actually have to take him where there are still other good right. wide taking, receivers available. You're taking him in the fifth or sixth round. So you're not when you draft AJ Dillon, the running back on the Green Bay Packers, you're not thinking of him as a pure handcuff. You're you're not gonna want to take Aaron Jones in the late first, mid second round, and then spend the sixth round pick on AJ Dillon. But you know, he does qualify as he's probably the one B. Uh, he probably should be a little lower based on value, but I'm all for AJ Dillon. If you go early wide receiver, you probably could start him. He's he's probably going to be ranked as a top 24 week one running back as it is. You know, I mean, he has that goal line equity. So that's why he falls at number six for us. We like, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of players like this right now that you have to take in that fifth or sixth round range that have just no ADP value as handcuffs, but have value as standalone players so so for me guys like this never end up on my team um they just don't be, be for exactly the reason as much as i love aj Dillon as a backup play he will be an rb1 top six performer not even top 12 like top six performer you know if aaron jones goes out but it's the cost the cost is very very high here we're we're taking a player that Hey, he's got standalone value, but it's mediocre with with Aaron Jones in there. You're not like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to play A.J. Dillon this week. And the issue is the opportunity cost for Dillon is giving up on a decent to pretty good wide receiver. Who are the wide receivers in the A.J. Dillon zone? Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson. Yeah. You know. So I want Allen Robinson on my team. Juju Smith-Schuster. I want Juju on my team. These types of running backs will not make any teams that I draft this season, but belongs on the list more so just because of the elite um, backup nature of him. You know, there's a uh, where's Ramondre Stevenson go because he he reminds me of the same thing. It goes a little too high for me to ever actually yeah. wind up with him on a team. He's not on our top ten list, but we'll add him into the honorable no, mentions in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I he could end up being the starter. Who knows? So just to review, number 10, Michael Carter. Number uh, nine, Melvin Gordon. Eight, Isaiah Spiller. Seven was Khalil Herbert. Six was Dylan. So now we're into the top five. And just to remind everyone, when we talk about the top five handcuffs, it doesn't necessarily mean these are the top, 10 top five best players. They represent decent value where you're drafting them. Can you stash them in their lineup? Some of them have it. Some of them don't. And then are they the direct one-to-one backup? So I put Daryl Williams previously on the chiefs and now on the Arizona Cardinals, he will be backing up James Connor. James Connor was never a picture of health stayed incredibly healthy last year, but he's always, you know, we like the Arizona offense. This seems like a one-to-one backup. I know they drafted Keontae Ingram, but he was like a six-round pick. I mean, he's a rookie. I mean, you know, it's a long shot. Darrell Williams is one of those players. I mean, he probably helped you win a fan a playoff game last year. He had like 18, 20 points in two consecutive games. He got the stamp of approval from Patrick Mahomes to the Arizona Cardinals. Says, this is a guy you want on your team. It makes you think, though, why didn't they re-sign him? But, okay, they took Ronald Jones. No big deal. But we saw... 
for fantasy, Darrell Williams could do it all. He's not a dynamic running back, but if James Conner goes down and James Conner, like you said, already is not a, been a picture of health. Do you agree that Williams, who you can get in the 17th round or, you know, in sharper leagues, like in the 13th and 15th round, he belongs in the top five as a handcuff. Yeah. So the only red flag for Darrell Williams. Now, everything you said is spot on. James Conner, everybody wants the handcuff to James Conner. Number one, because that role is very lucrative in terms of fantasy points, being the Cardinals' full-time back. So, yes, of course. Now, the only red flag with Darrell Williams for me is, and you mentioned him, is it 100% that he'll get the... What if they end up really liking Keande Ingram? So, unlike a... Khalil Herbert, where we've already seen it from the team, or Alexander Madison, we know what they're going to do. We don't absolutely know for sure that Darrell Williams, Darrell Williams might not make the team. We don't know. Yep. We but that, it's also his, dra- his draft costs pushes him back into the top five. Like Yes. But you're, but the fact that you're getting him with your absolute last pick in, right. in the draft. 15th round, the 20th yeah. round. So yeah. it's, it's it costs you nothing. He's the perfect guy to stash. And again, he is a league winner. If he comes in as a starter, but I would say his his if I had to assign a probability of him being a locked in, gonna get all the touches if the if the starter goes down, if I had to assign a probability to that relative to Alexander Madison or or well, Khalil Herbert or AJ why. Dillon, I would have him lower. Not to say still a very high probability that happened, but it would be a lower probability than those other guys. You know, it's funny you, you brought up Khalil Herbert. So I have him lower on our list. He's like seven. And I have Williams at five and the re you just, you know, it's almost like, look, look at the checklist. So if you talk about, is he the locked in, is he the correct running back? That's going to be, get the thrust into the starting role. Khalil Herbert gets the check mark. Daryl Williams B minus there B minus, but also is the player ahead of them more or less likely to get injury. It's so hard to tell, but Montgomery a little bit built, a little more solid, yeah, no, you know, no, no. So. way higher. We all, like I said, everybody, the whole fantasy community is like, I need the backup to James Conner, right? We're all, who is that? You know, like everybody's getting excited about Keontae Ingram before the Williams signing for that reason. We're like, we don't care who it is. Just give me someone. And and that's, that's, there's for good reason. Okay. We're going to get into the rest of the, the top four and then a little bit more handcuff discussion, but we're going to take for the uh, podcast audience, just a quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this message. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. See, the YouTube audience didn't have to wait too long. And if you like videos like this, consider hitting the like button. Consider subscribing to the channel if you don't already. And if you hit the, the notification bell, you'll get notified. We put up new videos every day. Uh, right now, you could try Rotowire free for uh, two days. You can see behind the paywall. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try. And we are talk- I'm here with the Fantasy Football Geek from the Sharp app. And the um, which is one of my favorite uh, apps on my phone for sports betting. It's the favorite. It's not one of the favorite. It's the my favorite. And of course, our DFS Army. Everybody knows the geek from DFS Army. There's no one that does DFS better um, and has more winners than DFS Army. All right, we'll get to more of that. So we're now inside. We're counting down the top ten handcuffs for 2022 fantasy football based on a whole litany of factors. We won't go over those again, but we're in the top four now, geek. So these are the premium handcuffs and. It's okay to disagree here. Uh, there's some good players. They all have uh, issues at this point uh, because they're not free. <laughs> These are players that are going to cost you a pretty pick, but they have that upside. Uh, number four, I have Deontay Foreman, man. As you know, Christian McCaffrey, the market is in on him as a as a first round pick. I am not. Separate conversation. I've Can we seen discuss, an, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield. It's about to happen. Okay, but you know, let's let we'll we'll get no, to that tangent. That. So Foreman looked great as a prospect, had an Achilles, you know, which then came back with Tennessee last year, played really well. Christian McCaffrey, who's had two lost seasons, it seems like they're gonna scale back the workload. Foreman is built like a mini Derrick Henry, and he's a good player. So we could see some standalone value here. We're not sure, but if McCaffrey does go down. We're not, we already saw enough of Chuba Hubbard to know that Foreman would likely be thrust into a 15 touch role. Talk about Foreman a little bit. Do you like that he's inside the top four, given his draft cost is like the 14th or 16th? Yeah, I, everything about the Dante Foreman play is great. There is no, this is a guy that you, when you see his name coming up on the ADP zone and you're drafting, he's a couple, he maybe even is a round away, take him because exactly as you said, Hey, Chuba Hubbard was just not good. Like there is a yeah. talent issue there, right? So 
every once in a while, the <laughs> I don't care about talent at the running back position, but it can't. It has to be at he a was certain below level. He wasn't the, there. Yeah, and and the team wasn't good enough to have an average running back. They needed someone that has a little bit of power, a little bit of juice. That's right. He, he's got speed. Special. He has speed. That's all that Chuba had. Yeah, it just it just didn't work out. So, um, and and you're right. Christian McCaffrey goes down. Listen, I I I. I don't know what to make of it. I love Christian McCaffrey, and I think he'll be fine this year, right? Would you really take him think. at pick two? Are you taking like where you where are no. you taking Christian McCaffrey in your redraft league? Forget best ball in your redraft league. Where are you comfortable taking him? Probably um, pick four or five overall. I mean, he's okay. still the, he's still the man. He's still the man. So, but I mean, you know, I'm taking Cooper Cup ahead of him. Who else? I'm I'm probably I mean I'm certainly taking Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. You know, I have a hard time even with the DeAndre Swift. I mean, that, Swift is going in the second round. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. um, but uh, it's I'm the thinking, the guys that are going ahead of him are like the two young receivers, Jefferson, Chase. Um, you know, sometimes Najee Harris is is a decision point, but that's so. Yeah. Let me let me put it this way: I'm taking McCaffrey ahead of Austin Eckler. I'm taking him ahead of Derrick Henry. Still, yeah. Um, as far as the the wide receivers, you know, my philosophy this season is I'm I'm going a little more wide receiver heavy early than I have in past years, but again, Christian McCaffrey versus uh, Chase, for example, yeah, that's a that's that's a hard decision point. I'll take Jefferson though ahead of him. Okay, all right. So we agree then that Foreman, given his costs, given Love his Foreman. his skill set, and then you wanted to talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield. Does that change if Baker Mayfield comes to Carolina? You Helps like that? Me. You yeah, like it helps them. That's why I want to mention it. We don't want running backs on just the, the losingest of losing teams. When your team is absolutely awful and every team helmed by Sam Darnold is absolutely terrible. And 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 you mentioned it with Chuba. It, it because Darnold was there and the offense was so inept, there were no touchdowns to go around. So your your production drops off. If we get Baker Mayfield, listen, love him or hate him, he's a National Football League quarterback right so he's at least a competent nfl qb and andy dalton andy dalton and running backs have excelled with baker mayfield as their quarterback so we've seen running backs do well with him as the placeholder i i it's a much better scenario for both christian mccaffrey and for donta foreman if if baker does go to carolina which i think he will uh, logic tells me that deal has happened Yes. I mean, you think it'll be a trade or you think it'll have to be cut and signed or something mini like trade. They'll get like a sixth or a fifth rounder. There's going to they the Panthers need to pay a little bit in order for the Browns to eat like a certain portion of the salary. They'll get it figured out. All right. So that should happen soon. Then if it's going to happen, being it's that be, trading camp is coming up, they want it. I, I listen, Matt rule does not survive the season. If he goes in with Sam Darnold, he probably doesn't survive the season with Baker, but um, uh, uh, next season with Baker, but he doesn't survive this season with Darnold at QB. They must make a move. Yeah. Although I think, and, and I think they're too scared to wait for Jimmy G. Yeah. It sounds like if the Panthers don't at least make the playoffs or have a winning record that it oh, could be gone. the end of Matt rule. So they can't, yeah. you know, it's, it, that's why Matt Corral at quarterback It'd be good for a developmental team, but not for, you know, that's why Desmond Ritter probably has a shot because Atlanta is not expected to win. Whereas 
the Panthers. It's time to show the, a pulse. Not, so I, I agree with you. Not there. Risk it. They will right. not risk it. So let's get into uh, let's get into the top three handcuffs. But uh, just quick message before that: uh, Reality Sports, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. It's time to go see what all the buzz is about in the dynasty fantasy football community. Free and team multi-year contracts, rookie draft, multi-team. Sorry, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extension. Think this sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than your normal league. Just requires more strategy. If you think you're among the fantasy elite, well, it's time. This this is the platform for you. Still not sure? You could test out our general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code ROTOWIRE. To receive 10% off your team or league today, fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, we're counting down the top 10 handcuffs for 2022 fantasy football. I think this applies for both redraft and dynasty fantasy football. Um, at number three, this <laughs> I don't know if this is going to upset some people, but I have Tony Pollard. He's not one or two. I have him at three. You go first. Talk about if you, first of all, do you agree with this ranking? Do you think he's more valuable than this? And then I will... I will bring sobriety to this argument. I mean, you know, the big thing about Tony Pollard is he brings every week kind of a, a flexi flex appeal. And more importantly, though, if Zeke does get hurt, yeah, he comes in and he becomes an elite super stud, which we're all excited to kind of see, but we haven't really seen it yet. So I do agree. I do think, again, Tony Pollard is another one of these costs you some serious draft capital to get him, guys. Sixth, seventh round, eighth round. Yeah, latest, I mean, you know, you know again, you're, there's some pretty good. That's why I want to take my quarterback. I want to take my quarterback in the seventh or eighth round. That's right. You know, you, there's some pretty good quarterback, you know, uh, on, on the board at this at this point. There's some pretty good wide receivers still left. So he is an opportunity cost backup. But. Tony Pollard is as elite of a RB1 as we have in on this list. If Zeke goes down, problem is Zeke doesn't go down very much. He gets dinged up, but he's <laughs> always out there. He's one of his superpowers is he's always out there. He gets hurt, but he keeps playing. It's it's very frustrating. He doesn't miss games. Zeke no, doesn't, doesn't miss games. Miss games. Yeah, they're 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 high, they're financially invested in Zeke for this year and for next year, certainly for this year. Tony Pollard to this point has had I think it, he's going into year four. He's had one clarified start where Zeke was out and he was thrust into the lineup. Now he's had a couple of useful fantasy weeks, but you weren't sure you could play him. It was cleanup duty at the end. So through his career, I agree with you. He has top 12, top 10, top five upside. If we had a clarified start and you said it, I'll echo it. Zeke, one of his superpowers is he doesn't miss games. Now, when I was talking, um, with some people offline, they said, well, he hasn't missed games until he does, just like Derrick Henry. Zeke is is 26. He's not 30. He's not 29. He's had a lot of carries, but I'm not going to bet on Zeke missing games. I mean, it. he's only, I think he's played 15 games in every professional season, except for the one where he got suspended. Tony Pollard, I'm not paying the freight because by week six, week seven, you're going to have to drop him anyway. I'm going to bet on Zeke not getting hurt here, but that upside is tantalizing. My philosophy with Pollard is wait till the person who drafts him uh, has to drop him, and then you get him. Now, there is some talk this year that Pollard is going to be used as a receiver in the slot, being that they don't have Amari Cooper. Don't, do not My fall for this. Every running back, the same nonsense happens every preseason. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> no, he won't. 
They don't yeah. do this. It never happens. It de- oh, well, uh, Kareem Hunt. Oh, we're talking about using him. He's only running pass back. This never happens. It's like, don't yeah. believe. When you hear a running back is going to be used more as a wide receiver, ignore it. Right. Well, here's, here's why. And I agree with your, uh, let me start with, I agree with what you just said, but this is why I could see it. We have seen Tony Pollard used in limited action actually be good by efficiency metrics and his three down capability, but no Mari Cooper gone. Michael Gallup out for at least till Halloween, if not till Thanksgiving, he had a late season injury. The CD lamb is going to get peppered. We like Dalton Schultz, um, not his athleticism, but we like his opportunity just like we did last year. And then they, all they have after that is a third round rookie and Jalen Tolbert, who a lot of people think is, Pro ready, I guess. I don't know, but it's still a rookie. The other receivers they have on that team are Noah Brown, who performed well on Thanksgiving. You know, we had a uh, but uh, showdown. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So Cedric Wilson's gone. You could see the case for Pollard usage ticking up, but betting on it is probably silly. I I agree with you there. I will tell you that much like um, AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard is one of those players that will end up on absolutely zero. Of my teams. Yeah. Because I never waste the opportunity cost on a backup running back when there are still good wide receivers and tight ends. I mean, you're getting your TE1. It's at that time. Like, you're getting a pretty good, like a TJ Hawkinson's on the board still. And you're like, eh. You know, I'm not taking the backup running back at that point. Personally, that's just not how I play. Somebody always takes Pollard ahead of where I would. Similar to Dylan. I just never end up with guys that cost this much but aren't actual starters. Yeah, and if Tony Pollard does, you know, break out as a standalone value, or if Zeke gets hurt, then you bet correctly. You know, I'm just not betting on it based on what I've seen with Zeke. We can go into this a million times, so that's why I have him at number three. Um, but his upside is certainly number one, right? So, <laughs> but I think He's I don't starter. He is your RB one. Yeah. Um, I always think of the DraftKings salary. That's yeah. what I get in my head. Is like his DraftKings salary goes up like over seven k. Like number. Um, Number two, we're getting down to the end here. I like the price on Kareem Hunt this year, the backup to back up Nick Chubb. Now, in the past, you've always had to pay, you know, the last two seasons, a fifth round pick. He's dropping to the, I think he goes after Tony Pollard in a lot of drafts. So you can get him in the seventh, eighth round. Now, why is, why don't we like Pollard in the seventh or eighth round, but we like Kareem Hunt is because what we talked about at the top of the podcast, he's actually playable every week. You know, he has a definite role that involves pass catching. I always think Nick Chubb goes a little too high in these drafts. I don't like him as a second round pick, nope. but I, but I think Kareem Hunt's going too low this year. So he has now vaulted to the top of the handcuff rankings for 2022 because he's stashable in your lineup. And even if Nick Chubb doesn't get hurt, you can, you don't have to drop him when bye weeks hit. And he has that top 10 upside. Should Nick Chubb go down? This is an ideal handcuff. Yeah, I mean, he's right there. This is the guy um, that's going to be the locked-in starter. We know he has a lot of talent. Uh, We know he catches passes. New quarterback, maybe better situation for um, the Browns' offense than has been in the past. I don't know that, um, you know, when we're going to get our Deshaun Watson games or if we're going to get them, but um, new quarterback situation potentially over there. But, yeah, we've already seen it. We know what he could do. And Kareem Hunt has more of a role on the team than anybody else that we've mentioned outside of maybe I kind of think Michael Carter will have the same role for the Jets in fairness. 
But Melvin Gordon will have a nice role too. And Melvin yeah. Gordon definitely has that role. Yeah. So actually, there's a few of these guys that we know we can start as a flex play, and Kareem Hunt is absolutely on that list, deeper league especially. Yeah, like I said, in you know the price this year is right, so I'm in on it. All right, um, we're at the number one handcuff, and this kind of contradicts a lot of the things we talked about. No, but it's so hard not to. I mean, Alexander Madison is basically ninety percent of your first round pick, and the cost is the ninth or tenth round. I think that he hits. He's worth holding on to, being that Dalvin Cook can probably only be reasonably projected for thirteen games, thirteen and a half games. And you don't want your first pick to go down. So now I'm going to backtrack and go to where you said, where Dalvin Cook is such a high upside player. If we knew Dalvin Cook was playing 17 games, he's picked two. And he might even be picked one, right? I mean, he's got that much upside. So this is a delicate dance, but I like the price on Alexander Madison. Take it away. if If you're taking Alexander Madison and you don't have Dalvin Cook on your team, you're sniping someone in your league. You're screwing them over right there he belongs with the dalvin cook owner and the dalvin cook owner has to take him a little ahead of adp like his adp is where it is because the dalvin cook owner is always taking him a little ahead of where he should be right right that's why it's so high if you don't have dalvin cook i mean you just alexander manson's gonna start a few games this year he'll he'll you know he'll he'll fill in for a few games it's gonna happen but it really should go to the dalvin cook owner but yes, we've already seen what Madison does when he gets the when he gets the reins. He's better than Dalvin Cook in some ways because Dalvin Cook still seeds a couple of touches every game to Alexander Madison. He's yeah, not not playable though. Not playable. No, no, not playable. But but in but like his when you go into a game where Cook is out, the touch expectation is higher for Alexander Madison than it would have been for Cook starting that game because there's no Madison there to vulture touches um where madison does get some touches in general there's no backup to him so he's got an even better outlook when he starts than dalvin cook he's great um but opportunity cost he really does belong with the dalvin cook owner unless the dalvin cook owner is stupid and doesn't take the the handcuff where he should here's a couple other alexander madison things you should keep in mind like in dynasty leagues for example the chances are they're not going to resign him next year. So Alexander Madison's going to be an unrestricted free agent. They did draft uh, uh, Ty Chandler. They do have uh, the running back that they drafted in the fourth round. Uh, someone mentioned him in the chat. I, what's his name? It's a keen Kenny an something like that. Right. So, but my feeling, my feeling is that Alexander Madison is super young too. He's, he's going to be a 24 year old unrestricted free agent. So he's somebody interesting that a team could pick up next year. If they believe in his talent, are you, are you trading for him or getting rid of him in dynasty? That's a great question. So I I would be more to go get him to go get him. And, it, it you know it's the uh if regardless if i have um dalvin cook or not only because and again i'm not going to overpay i'm not going to give a first round pick although it might end up being worth it is because he's so young and he has demonstrated very good skill in the nfl so he's going to a team might not treat him like a second contract running back. He has low mileage and he's still 24 years old. So if they give him a three-year contract, he's only 24 to 27. That's right in where you want your running backs, um, you know, to be, you know, don't mind mind paying a late second rounder. Well, you're not going to get him for that. So Mm. of course you don't mind, but if you you want him, if you want him, 
I would say the point where someone's going to consider it, let's say you knew for a fact you had 202 next year. That would be, I think, the point where you're, you have to think about it. I'm not paying that much. I'm okay. paying a late second rounder this year. All right. So what if you have him? Would you would you release him for for 210? No. Um, I'll, I'll give you a name and an honorable mention for our list that I would sell him for if I didn't have Dalvin Cook on my team. Okay. Again, if I have Dalvin Cook, I'm, I'm not selling right, him. I need him. But anyway, so I, I, I've got a few honorable mention handcuffs. Number one, Rashad White. Um, so... Tampa Bay Buccaneer, uh, Tampa rookie. Bay Buccaneer rookie rookie running back drafted in the third up, round. Um, yeah, there we go. Picked in the third round. Draft capital galore. Backing up Leonard Fournette, Uncle Lenny. Love Uncle Lenny, but hey, listen, sorry. Has had some injury things happen to him in the past. Uh, were uh, uh, rumors about not in the best shape coming into camp. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Guys get hurt all the time. Rashad White. Well, here's the Rashad White. We're not even sure if he's the backup. That's the problem with him. And he's also a little bit of an older rookie. He's going to, you know, he's 23 going on 24. Uh, but, you know, but he's going just to just to compare it. He's going 1.5, 1. 1. Uh, 2.5, 2.6 in a dynasty rookie draft. That's about all right. I'll give Madison for that guy. I'll switch it up. I'll get a younger backup. Yeah. Like if I have Madison, I might be willing to sell right I'd around there. Madison. Well, I'd rather I'm, have Madison. I'm mid, mid second. But yeah, I, Rashad White, elite backup. I just, I mean, I'm, I'll disagree with that because I still think that you ha- uh, rookies are, don't have an easy time getting on the field in Tom Brady offenses. They still have Keyshawn Vaughn, who by all accounts has looked better in camp this year, and they still have Giovanni Bernard. Say what you want, you know that guy is like a uh, he's having like a Frank Gore type of longevity in his career. Those are players that are going to stay on the field, and Rashad White for 2022. At best, looks like a committee person, uh, committee back. I could be wrong. He's got some good pass catching chops on him. I'm a little more worried about him. You've been high on him, and there's a lot of smart people that are. Yeah, so I, like I will see you there. I like right, his before- pass catching ability. I think they need to cut Geo though. If he cuts Geo, I'll feel even better about it. Yeah. Well, then the then the situation changes. Yeah. Uh, we'll throw a couple more players out here with the last few minutes. We'll just lightning round though. We're not going to expound on it. So that was our top ten handcuffs. If there's any handcuffs that that you think we missed on, feel free to put them in the chat. Uh, again, if you like videos like this, uh, please consider hitting the like button, subscribe, and to the channel Rotowire Fantasy Football Channel. Uh, also, Geek is here to promote the uh, Sharp app. Everyone should go download the Sharp app. Uh, great sports betting app that you're going to want uh, with the NBA Finals. Uh, coming to a close and then of course the the fantasy the football season and he's also here to promote dfs army there is nobody on the planet at this point that doesn't understand that dfs army is the premier place to go to get better at dfs both experienced players and new players alike will will benefit from the coaching there do you have a a code that you're throwing out for people that want to sample dfs army yeah i mean if you want to go check out dfs army use my promo code promo code geek Whenever you sign up, you get 10% off your monthly dues. We have weekly, you know, baseball individual packages for just baseball or or whatever individual sport. NASCAR is going strong. PGA is going strong right now. Um, even even League of Legends and esports stuff going going crazy right now, as, as odd deep. as that sounds. Um, and um, yeah, use promo code geek. You get 10% off over at uh, DFS Army for a VIP. Covers everything. Sounds and, good. And at, um, at Sharp, I got to tell you, our AI machine learning neural net betting model all right we've got a team of mit engineers that would do nothing all day except work on betting models and work on this machine learning ai system that we have this thing has been crushing nba in particular it called boston to win the whole 
win the whole championship this season before the playoffs began. It was been on Boston. I'm like, oh, Boston, 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 Boston. We all bet Boston. I, I think it's coming true. All right. Well, they got to win, uh, you know, to stay, stay alive. All right. We're going to throw out a couple more quick and then we're going to wrap this thing up. We're talking about handcuffs. If you, if you missed, if you're joining us live or skimming the video, we counted down the top 10 handcuffs for uh, fantasy football in 2022. Um, Naeem Hines. I know you don't love him, but you know, he's gonna, he has a pass catching role. You're a thumbs down on him. I'm thumbs down. I do not believe that Naeem Hines gets a full workload. Even if Jonathan Taylor goes out, that's not the kind of, He's a fine kind of flex play every once in a while, but not my kind of guy um, because right. I don't think he gets the full workload if Taylor goes down. All right. Hassan Haskins, the rookie running back that was drafted in the, I think, in the fourth round by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you like him. We like him. I like him. Uh, Derek Henry, you know, th- they might scale back his workload a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Yes, thumbs That's up on Haskins. Passion on your bench. He's the last spot you took him. He's the guy with the kicker. You know, you, until you draft the kicker, you're, you're holding him there. You're dropping him. You're picking him back up throughout the whole offseason. Just, hey, let me let me try to get – anytime you have a little space on your bench, you pick him back up. He'll be on waivers uh, for a lot of the season for you. You're just going to pick those guys up. Keep them stashed on your bench. Yeah. Love him. Yeah, but you uh, don't need to have him on your team. He's like, like I said, you'll drop him and pick him back up a lot. Our guy, Sean, in the chat said Jamal Williams. I definitely like that Love one. Again, yeah. I can't believe I think Jamal Williams belongs in the top 10 grouping. Um, listen, this guy's getting the workload. If, if Swift goes down, it's it. It's going to be him. So we didn't see it last year. So our brain is kind of like forgetting that Jamal Williams is there getting 40% of the touches already. He can catch passes. He can pass protect. We know. And he has the size to be a full, a full workload running back. Love Jamal Williams. If you have Swift, by the way, a must don't even drop him. But Jamal Williams, is one of those guys also that you probably, you probably, he'll probably be on the bench in, in shallower leagues, not on the bench on waivers where you're going to pick him up, drop him, pick him up, drop him a lot. Over the course of an offseason. The reason I don't like I, I don't like Jamal Williams, I uh, intentionally did not include him in my top 10. I mean, he's worthy of consideration was when Swift did miss games last year. It was Craig Reynolds. It was, you know, guys like that. It's, it, you know, he's not someone worth drafting in 16, 18 round drafts. In my judgment, he could be a pickup person at some point. It's one of those where you pick up all of the backups when there's no clear back up one-to-one, and then you see who who pans out. Last year yeah. was Craig Reynolds. This year could be Jamal Williams. All right, everybody. Uh, we, this, one, oh, wait, I, got, I got one more to mention. Right, you better hurry up. I, I threw the name out there before, but Ramondre Stevenson belongs on this list. If if um, Harris goes, and you're right, he might be the starter there. We don't know. But if Ramondre ever comes in and gets a full workload, this Patriots team produces massive points to the running back position and if Harris goes down, Ramondre will be an RB1. If Ramondre goes down, Harris becomes an RB1 because it, it works both ways with these two guys. But, um, yeah, on that Patriots team, Ramondre, great, good player. Yeah, and, and he's adding to his pass-catching chops uh, by all reports this offseason. All right, Geek, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, just remember, everyone, go check out Rotowire. Unlock that paywall for free for a couple days. Go back there and check out all of that. You can go to rotowire.com forward slash try. We'll be back again next week with another fantasy football podcast. I got Rotowire's Joe Bartle coming on, and we're going to talk some dynasty, some fantasy football. And, of course, we will have the Geek back on. Geek has started a uh, 
a fantasy football YouTube channel. I want everyone to go. I'm going to link that in the video description here. Go check out uh, Geek's season-long fantasy football content, some of my favorite as well. All right, everybody. Until next week, good luck in your leagues, and we'll see you next week.